everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm continuing in my effort to climb back my DVD shelves from the onslaught of things that I still have yet to review by getting through Suspiria, which is the 1977 version and not the more recent 2018 version. Uh, so this is Dario Argento's Suspiria, which came out in 1977 and is a certificate 18. And I'm going to warn um, right at the start for various triggers in this including gore, images evoking themes of suicide, a lot of bugs, if you, if you find bugs creepy and disturbing, particularly maggots, and also a very graphic dog attack. Now this film is the first in a sort of spiritual trilogy, um, because the films don't actually directly follow on from each other, but they share a lot of the same themes, uh, one of those themes being witches. Uh, so Suspiria is the first film in the uh, trilogy which is referred to as The Three Mothers. Um, the second film Inferno came out in 1980 and Mother of Tears came out in 2007. I have a DVD of Mother of Tears so I will be reviewing that at some point. Still haven't managed to find a copy of Inferno. And uh, apparently what made this film slightly bizarre while I was watching it uh, I was trying to work out who was dubbed because some people were very clearly dubbed but some people seemed to be just speaking and apparently this is because all the actors in it were speaking their native language be that Italian English or German and then they just dubbed various people over with the right language for that release um which is a little bit strange uh, I'll admit but uh it didn't really interfere with my watching of it that much. The story focuses on a young American woman called Susie Banyan, who is bizarrely introduced over the only instance of voiceover in the movie, which just occurs at the beginning and tells you that she's leaving America to go to attend a dance school, which is very prestigious in Germany. And uh, then we see her arriving in Germany, and she has a bit of a terrible time finding a taxi in the pouring rain, as you would. And then when she finally manages to arrive at the school, uh, which is a red confection of a building, like it is just painted bright pillar box red all over with all this gold cornicing, like, and the interior is even weirder. Uh, sort of like a cross between something David Cronenberg might dream up versus something that might be featured in a Wes Anderson film. So just imagine that, if you will. Um, she arrives there and then like buzzes the intercom. And a voice says that they don't know who she is. She doesn't need to be there. She should leave right away and, and go away. So she hops back in the taxi, drenched and by this point, very put out. And um, asks the taxi to drive her away so she can spend the night at a hotel. Not before she sees a woman burst out of the, the dance school and then flee uh, through some nearby trees or forest or whatever. Unclear as to the surroundings of this school. Now, the girl who, who runs out looks basically the same as the main character, who we haven't actually seen that much, and who is also kind of drenched like a, a rat in a storm, uh, with like long, darkish hair in her face. So for a minute, I thought it was the same person, but this is a new girl who we later find out is called Patricia. Uh, we see Patricia seek help with uh, a friend who lives nearby, uh, as she says she's been kicked out of school and she has nowhere else to go, um, and that she's like, discovered horrible things and various other sort of leading statements that imply that she's seen something terrible, but also is probably about to be silenced very soon. And soon she is silenced indeed, because uh, she hears sort of hissing and whispering, and then the windows in the guest room she's in burst open. This is the first of many instances of incredibly loud music. Uh, the scoring for this film was apparently provided by Goblin, a prog rock band. And um, 
there seems to be two main tracks. One of them sounds kind of like a remix of Tubular Bells from The Exorcist, uh, but with a lot of screaming. And one of them sounds like the intro to that one song in Footloose that goes like dang, 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 at the beginning, but also with a lot of screaming. Um, neither one is pleasant to hear, and both of them come through far louder than they need to, which means that I had to keep like turning the volume up and then turning it down as soon as the music started. But anyway, she's assaulted by loud progressive rock, and then as she's sort of looking out the window, which is now closed, to, to see if there's anything creepy out there, as you would, a pair of glowing green eyes appear, and then a giant hairy arm with like great big talons uh, comes in through the window grabs her by the neck and rams her face into the glass so you get many shots of her lips like smushed up against the window which is as horrifying as it is funny uh, and then she's like dragged through the window and out onto the roof uh, and then she's then quite graphically stabbed a number of times to the point where you actually see like a hole in her chest close up and then the knife goes in to stab her beating heart um, and then an electrical cable is wrapped around her neck and she is dropped through a stained glass skylight. The resulting crash of broken glass and wood kills her friend who has come out to, to see what is going on and is trying to seek help from other residents in this building. Uh, and both are then dead and covered in bright orangey red tomato soup blood. Um, so it is very graphic, but also it has that kind of 70s special effect thing. So it's graphic and it also isn't if you see what i mean we then see a blind guy arriving at the giant red building that is the dance school he's a pianist and he's called daniel and he ties up his uh like german shepherd outside for the day which seems cruel but okay susie comes back to the school uh, and is this time accepted in they say they don't know who it was who told her to go away uh, she then meets a whole cast of characters including madame blanc who is the vice directress of the dance academy miss tanner who kind of looks like frau from austin powers uh, but she's a dance instructor and she has a terrifying smile uh, they are told that the directress is currently abroad and not currently in residence and uh, they say that her room isn't actually ready at the school yet and because of this like murder of this recently expelled student everything's a bit up in the air and so she bed a room with someone in in the town who's also a student there called olga we also see a handyman who i'm just going to refer to as lurch and he has giant false teeth uh which are commented on by uh, miss tanner and that's basically the only feature that he had that was memorable aside from his uncanny resemblance to lurch uh, then she meets olga who seems kind of like a bitch uh, and is lots of like hissing sibilant movements and then accuses both susie the main character and sarah another girl of being snakes because they have names that begin with s uh, sarah conversely seems to be a kind of friendly student and is the only one who isn't like openly demanding money from Susie for various things from accommodation to shoes. A guy who also attends the school uh, drops off the bags uh, that had been left at Susie's hotel and uh, he didn't get like introduced by name for quite a while. I feel like his name was Mark but I'm gonna refer to him as Ashton Kutcher because that's what he looked like. Uh, Susie um, saw apparently Patricia saying something as she stood in the doorway uh, and the words she could make out through lip reading were secret and iris um, I didn't actually see this in the film. Maybe I just looked away for a split second, but I, I didn't actually see this take place. I literally just saw her seeing Patricia running through the woods. 
But I guess she saw her say these words. After one night, Susie spends uh, at uh, Olga's flat, which is very nice. Um, Madame Blanc says a room is now ready for her at the school and that she should move in. She's very insistent on this. And then um, when Susie refuses, Tanner says that she is strong-willed. Well done. Then more loud music. And uh, Susie walks directly into a corridor where a lady is polishing something shiny and made of tin. And the light reflects in her eyes, at which Susie is suddenly overcome by dizziness or something. And kind of staggers along the hallway to her first dance class, in which she then performs the worst ballet ever and then collapses while bleeding from the nose and mouth. Which is an odd reaction to having a sunbeam reflected into your eye. Then there's kind of a funny scene where they're trying to force her to drink water, but from a glass jug, which is not the best way to feed someone who's lying down water. And the doctor says that she's just out of practice from dance. He gives her an injection, uh, orders her to be put on a special diet, which includes a glass of red wine. And then she sees that her stuff has been brought to the school by Olga. So now she lives at the school, apparently, in a room uh, next door to Sarah's room. Uh, so they're going to be friends. And I don't think we actually see Olga again. So bye, Olga. Uh, apparently they are giving her this wine to build up her blood while she's on her special diet, which sounds like something vampires would do, but we never really find out why this is. Uh, then she's sort of sitting and there's like a protracted hairbrushing scene, uh, the payoff of which is that she finds a maggot in her hair and then several maggots caught in her comb because maggots are coming through the ceiling all over the dormitory floor. And all the girls are freaking out and running into the hallway with just maggots stuck on their faces as if you wouldn't immediately brush those off. But tons of them are coming through the ceiling and these attract to a wooden crate in the attic directly above the dormitories, which is apparently, according to the vice directress, a case of food that has gone off. So the girls are moved uh, to the practice room as sort of interim dormitory for one night in a sort of penned off area surrounded by white sheets, which is then lit up with disturbing red light. Um, again, I'm not really sure what the point of this was. It's never revealed what was actually in the crates and therefore causing the maggots or if this was a ruse to get them into the practice room, what the point of this was. But pretty soon there's a weird point of view shot of something flying around over the girls and then descending onto a cot behind the sheets where it starts to breathe very wheezily and Sarah confides in Susie that that is the sound of the directress breathing because she stayed one night in a room next to the directress and, and knows what her, her weird breathing sounds like and she seems quite scared that the directress is there. The next day when Sarah directly questions Miss Tanner she says that the directress is not currently in residence and won't be back for several weeks so it's clear that she's lying, but it's not clear why. The shiny thing having lady, and Albert, who is Madame Blanc's nephew, and who kind of looks like a blonde-haired Damien, um, then approach the school, see Daniel, the blind guy's uh, dog tied up outside, and then through the front door you hear barking and then cries. And then Tanner storms in to confront Daniel and saying that Albert's arm has been bitten by his guide dog, and then she orders him to leave. That night, Susie comments that it sounds like the teachers aren't actually leaving after dinner, which is what they are apparently meant to do at like 9pm. They all leave to their in-town homes. It sounds like they are going somewhere in the school. Their footsteps are going the wrong way. And uh, Susie is very sleepy at this point and Sarah questions her and then says that she can count the footsteps to find out where they're going. I'm not sure how that works, but okay. 
Uh, Susie literally can't keep her eyes open, so it's pretty clear that her nighttime wine is being spiked or drugged in some way. And Sarah seems really determined to find out what is going on with these teachers. Meanwhile, Daniel attends a bar where there's lots of men in lederhosen dancing and, and clapping each other, which is very strange. Uh, he then leaves to go home with his guide dog. And uh, while he walks through this large open square, the dog starts to freak out. And then we see that a statue of a griffin from one of the buildings has vanished. And we get kind of nice point of view shot of it, like swooping around over him. Like you don't actually see it flying because I imagine that would look naff. But the point of view shot is still quite good. And then it just reappears on the building where it was. And the dog savages Daniel's neck uh, and basically just rips his throat out. Uh, so he bleeds to death. So I'm not really sure when they had to fly a griffin around, but it was still pretty cool. The next day, Susie finally tells uh, Madame Blanc about the iris and secret thing that she saw Patricia uh, saying before she you know, tragically ran away from the school and then died. Um, and then Sarah chastises her for revealing that information, saying that actually Patricia was talking to her uh, just inside the door and that she, in fact, was the one who told Susie to leave on the intercom. Uh, they're just sort of swimming around in the pool and then we get the weird footloose music again. Sarah reveals that she has some notes that Patricia had been making about the teachers and about her discoveries before she was expelled and that tonight she's going to read them. So obviously those get stolen immediately, except for one piece of paper which she has uh, on her person and which we never find out what it actually says. And uh, then Sarah starts to panic when she realises that these are missing. She tries to rouse Susie, but she's in her post-wine stupor. And she says, do you know anything about witches right before Susie passes out? And then after she loses consciousness, Sarah's kind of chased through the school by a mysterious cloaked figure with a straight razor who chases her into a sort of storage cupboard, which weirdly has a small window into a different storage cupboard, which she then climbs through. And then she falls into what looks like just a nest of springs. It's like a lot of long wires, which don't seem sharp in any way because they're not cutting her, but she can't like get up because she's all tangled. Uh, and then they come through the door and there's a very graphic throat slitting uh, which I did not personally need to see, but uh, that happened, and so therefore Sarah's dead. Next day, Tanner tells Susie that Sarah ran away, and Ashen Kutcher backs her up and says he saw her leaving, so obviously whatever's going on here, he's super in on it. Susie contacts uh, a friend of Sarah's called Frank, who is apparently her ex-psychologist, and he says that she recently started talking to him about whatever it was that Patricia had to be in her bonnet about, namely about the witches. He says that according to Sarah, the Dance Academy was founded by a lady called Helena Marcos, who was a witch and referred to as a black queen. And she set up the Academy as a school of dance, but also of the occult arts. I do not know how those things are connected, and the film seemingly makes no attempt to connect the two. So it's sort of like opening academy for teaching German, but also hula hoops. It just, it makes no sense. But anyway, he says that after being persecuted um, for running the academy there, she died in a fire, and the academy, under the leadership of her favourite pupil, abandoned the occult teachings and decided just to focus on dance which is fair enough. And then Susie says that all of this sounds familiar, so apparently she's now remembering the conversations that she had with Sarah. Uh, Frank then says that he believes the current in witchcraft is due to a mental illness in the populace to do with like paranoia. 
which uh, did not endear him to me in any way. Uh, but his colleague then says that witches can do many things, but they can only cause harm. And they are always in the pursuit of great wealth and trying to achieve that by hurting people. And he also says that a coven's strength is based purely on its leader, who is a hundred times stronger than a normal witch and is therefore like the most powerful in the coven. So these are facts which I'm sure are going to become important as the film continues. Uh, Susie then decides not to eat her supper but to throw it away. She manages to flush what looks like an entire cod fillet down the toilet, which is just a feat of German engineering. Well done, Germany. But when she pours the wine into the sink, it's thick, like fake blood. It like leaves like a big red slurry in the sink which she tries to try and like wipe away with her hands with the water running which is gross and cool she then hears that everyone has gone to the theater without her for the evening which is mean uh, but then she's attacked by a bat so i guess she's making her own fun and uh, she throws a towel over it and then kills it with a stool which is awesome uh, Susie then remembers, with 16 minutes left in the film, that uh, she had a conversation with Sarah about the footsteps going in the wrong direction. She then counts them to find out where they're going and sneaks successfully to Madame Blanc's office, um, where she looks around, but obviously there's no one there, so she doesn't really know where they've gone from there. She then has a flashback to hearing the exact words that Patricia said as she was leaving the academy, that the secret is to do with the blue iris in the mural and that you need to turn it. So she duly turns that iris and a painted door in the mural pops open with this really weak like squeak noise, uh, like it's part of the background in a school play, which um, amused me for some reason. She follows a long creepy hallway and hears voices and then sees Madame Blanc apparently sort of holding court with Miss Tanner, Albert and Lurch, as well as some other people I didn't recognise and that she is ordering people to disappear Susie and kill her. And she then calls up sickness against Susie while apparently taking communion because she eats a wafer and then drinks some wine. Uh, Susie finds Sarah's body uh, in like a, a curtained off portion where she's trying to hide with pins through the eyes. And scared by this, she goes through another door in an attempt to hide, but finds herself in a room with wheezy breathing and a curtained bed. At this point, it becomes pretty obvious that the woman in the bed is Helena Marcos, and she actually somehow survived the fire, uh, but was injured in some way, and that's why she breathes like that, which is confirmed when she starts talking and laughing and projecting her voice all over the room, which is a horrifying sound. Uh, a door handle then starts to move, and Helena says that behind that door is hell and the living dead, and then through the door comes Sarah's reanimated corpse, Susie, however, notices that although Helena is invisible, the lightning from the window is causing her outline to become visible. So she stabs her uh, and then Sarah's reanimated body vanishes. And you see Helena is burnt and old and uh, then succumbs to her injuries of, you know, having a whole knife rammed through her neck as you would. Susie then flees. She sees the witches from before apparently dying of, of similar injuries to Helena. And as she runs through the school, it like cracks apart and begins to break down as if in an earthquake. She runs outside into the rain and then smiles happily as she walks away from the school and it bursts into flames. Uh, the credits then roll over the burning building and the amazing sounds of the witches screaming inside. 
So, I'm not going to lie, this film was a little bit weird in places. Specifically, the music drove me insane, because there was only, like, these two tracks, and neither of them were very good, and one of them made me want to watch Footloose. Um, but um, I did like the themes in the plot, this kind of idea of this secret society being hidden at the school. Don't know why it was a dance school, but um, probably for artistic reasons that I don't understand. Uh, I kind of wish that there had been more about what the witches were actually trying to do and what the motives were for half of the shit that happened. Uh, like, obviously, Patricia's death was to silence her, so I have no problem with that. And the uh, death of Daniel the pianist was probably in retribution for his dog attacking Albert. But it's unclear what the maggots were all about and the bat attacking Susie. And also why Madame Blog insisted on her staying at the school. Because it didn't seem like they were actually trying to do anything with her except keep her asleep at night. Like, what were they, their plans for her? What was that accomplishing? I don't know. So I feel like if those things had had more of a reason behind them, there would have been more of a palpable sense of danger. Because uh, as it was, it just sort of felt like she could just continue sleeping through the night and studying dance during the day and she'd be fine. And it was only by finding out the mystery that she was in any danger at all, which um, was a little bit strange. The acting was pretty good and the environments, like specifically inside the dance school and, and the lighting, which is like crazy colours at various points, um, is quite interesting to look at and definitely makes the film more visually interesting than say season of the witch which just took place in like a normal house uh so i kind of give it props for that and also it has some really quite horrific and disturbing images in it like the deaths in particular which although the film is now quite old are still really shocking and disturbing like more so than probably any modern horror film that i've seen recently uh, so it gets kind of props for those i just wish it would have like more witch stuff in it because although they are obviously witches and they're referred to as being a coven. You don't really see them do any rituals or magic. And you don't really know anything about the law surrounding the witches and what it is they're actually trying to accomplish aside from hurting people to get money, which is just what billionaires do. So all in all, I think it's kind of an interesting film and I will definitely be looking for the other two in the sort of trilogy thematically uh, to watch because my interest is piqued. But at the same time, I, I hope that other ones have more witchy stuff in, in terms of like imagery and spell casting and actual witch presence in the movie, as opposed to it just mainly being focused on some clueless ballet dancer running around and being scared. I hope you've enjoyed this review, and uh, if you know of where I can get a copy of Inferno, let me know, because I am excited to track one down. You can let me know in the usual ways, as in the description box below. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!